Hi everybody, I'm Lynn Green, and I've been a YWAM a long time. Uh, I, I started in 1969, and it was such a privilege to live with Lorna and Darlene and their, their daughter Karen, and then along came David later, uh, in our school of evangelism. And then to be in the Founders Circle and to continue that friendship over all these years. And I've been aware of questions that have come up regarding uh, leadership and changes in YWAM. And actually, I'm Lynn, and this is Lynn. <laughs> and, and Lynn is Lynn Yee, and she's from Singapore, but uh, has worked in Scotland and, and worked in various parts of the world, but is now here where we are recording this in England. And uh, she's been kind of a, a, a contact point for people asking questions. And we want to talk about some of the issues that have arisen, but also we want to encourage you to keep asking the questions. And we'll give you an email address where you can write to uh, as we go along. But Lynn, what are some of the questions that, that have arisen that you're aware of over recent years? Well, I think there are questions that um, some of the leaders have been writing um, specifically yeah, to you to ask you to address certain things and to clarify things um, regarding plural leadership, the flat structure, um, the role of conveners and, and the eldership and what does, what does that look like? How does it actually work out? So I've actually collected those questions and try and right. you know, form some for, for, for this evening's interview. Okay, go ahead. What, what, what's the first question? Well, a few years ago in, uh, in Singapore, at the Singapore gathering in 2014, um, our organizational structure as Youth with a Mission changed yeah. dramatically. Yeah. It's um, like titles help to define roles and set expectations. So why, why the need for an organizational change and, and that being so yeah. drastic? That's, that's a big question. And, you know, that for me, from my oh. point of view, that was a night of chaos. <laughs> but it was unavoidable. And, um, but, but actually, the change didn't start then at all. Mm -hmm. Although some people felt it did and felt it was very abrupt. But actually, you know, that change made me think back to, to some of the foundation layers, the people who, whom God used prophetically in YWAM to, to get the foundations solid and, and, and plumb and square. And there was, a, there was a wonderful man of God named Ken Wright. And I, I can still visualize the little room I was in. Uh, when Ken came to us, my guess would be maybe 1975. He was a New Zealander, and he'd been involved in, in just a tremendous move of God. Joy Dawson, Campbell McAlpine, Arthur Wallace, they were all part of that. And many mm -hmm. of those people uh, from that move of God in New Zealand the Lord used to lay prophetic foundations in Wyoming. And he came to us in, in England, and he, and he said, I have a word from the Lord for YWAM. And he talked to, to me and to a small group of us about leadership team and co-equal leadership. And, and to be honest, uh, I just didn't get it. I, I couldn't understand it. I thought that will never work. I was polite, I listened to him, and then we went and talked amongst ourselves, you know, and as, as we do. And, and I remember guys saying, yeah, well, that's Ken's perspective, but really, back in Palmerston North and the church he's a part of, he's the clear leader. Mm -hmm. But I'm afraid that was one of the occasions in which I was too casual with the word of the Lord. He had a word from God for us, but it was just way ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And 
but I still remember it. You know, I didn't dismiss it altogether, but I, I put it back here, you know, the places where you put things that have question marks over them. And really, it was about that time that, that Lauren, uh, who'd been, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd started YWAM his own, and then DAR, and he appointed a group of people to be the International Council. And I remember really clearly, because I wasn't on it, and I, I thought, maybe there's a chance I'll be on it, you know, <laughs> and I wasn't. And, and that was so right, because I, I wasn't one of the handful of elders in, in YWAM at the time. But for many years, that, that group of people worked relationally as an overall leadership team because Lauren knew intrinsically that he needed accountability and he needed to be part of a team uh, in, in leadership of YWAM. And so we had an international council that wasn't really executive or corporate. It wasn't primarily uh, defined by geography or anything. It was just a, a relational group of friends. And, and then, I don't know, starting... Well, I became part of that later, and, and, and I was there when we started getting more corporate. We started getting more like an organization, more like a business. We started appointing leaders as, um, according to geography, regional directors and all. And I wouldn't say that was wrong for the time, but it was a departure from, from the original sort of template. So help me track the timeline. So Ken Wright said this in 1975. So 75, I so guess. So when yeah. did we start to go corporate and what year? I, I would say we started going corporate around uh, the late 80s. Huh. And, and we started getting focused on strategy and strategy conferences and stuff. Again, not, not necessarily a bad thing, but, but in the process of adding something to us, we left behind too much the relational approach to leadership and the eldership approach, which is what it really was at the time. Until I would guess by the 90s, late 90s, just by, by about 2000, as we approached 2000, we were really strongly corporate. Uh, we had, the whole world was divided into regions, we had regional directors, we were using the term director very widely. And I remember Lauren saying, I don't know, it must have been early to mid 90s, he said, I'm not comfortable with that term director. That was a personal conversation I, I had with him. I said, well, what term are we going to use? You know, we don't use it because we think that spiritual leadership directs other people. We use it because it makes sense to the rest of the world. And he said, I, I, I know, but... And, and this is so often the case with Lauren, is he, he will know something intuitively. But one, he... He may not be able to explain it in a way that other people understand. But secondly, he's patient. He waits until we're ready for the word. And so he waited. Mm -hmm. That would that come forward to, to 2003, Singapore again, interestingly, mm -hmm. given your origination. And, and he came to us with this word that, that is really well known now as the tripod message. But if you if you look it up on ywm.org, you have to search for uh, spiritual eldership. Mm -hmm. And there's that teaching that everybody really ought to have a look at. Because when he came with that word about the about how we keep the apostolic cutting edge of mm -hmm. YWAM, uh, relationship and eldership, mm -hmm. but the overriding thing is the priesthood of all believers. Mm -hmm. God speaks to everybody. He's mm -hmm. the head. No person is. So we're not directive. So he gave that 
we're in 2003, and at the time, we thought, well, that's a really, uh, that, that's a really good reminder. But what it really was, was a, a prophetic voice to start a process of change to get us back to eldership leadership. Mm -hmm. So that was 2003. Now from there, um, I would say we kind of worked on that without understanding the implications of it. And then a, a dear friend of mine, a guy I've kind of introduced to YWAM, uh, a Coptic Orthodox monk, Dr. Atef, Father Makarios is, is the name he has now with these being in the North American Orthodox Church. Dr. Atif, um gave, gave me, a, a few of us here, a teaching about eldership. And uh, I said, oh, that's just for YWAM as a whole. And he said, uh, yes, it is. And I said, well, would you come to our global leadership team and teach it? He said, no, I won't. You teach it. So I said, okay, go through it with me again. And, and I, I took careful notes, and, and that was 2009. And I, I, I taught four sessions on that and when we were meeting in Lausanne. And um, it was at that time that we had another confirming word. And that's where one of our leaders, Dan Bushy, as we were praying about it after these teaching times, had this picture of a big plane with lots of people on it. And there was a platform with a person on it. And then other people climbed onto the platform. And then other platforms came up with people climbing on. And until so many of the people that were on that plane were on platforms. And, and we understood that what it was was it was a there was a place for leadership, but it wasn't singular leadership. And it wasn't hierarchical leadership. It was leadership in the midst of the people, and it was team. Mm -hmm. And, and that was a really clear word. So that, that chaotic night at the end of the Singapore gathering in 2014, when seen in that context, 2003, 2009, all these years to work with it, it wasn't sudden at all. Hmm. But, you know, to give you a little bit of personal insight, uh, I thought the Singapore gathering had gone really well, and we were kind of wrapping up, and Lauren comes quite agitated. And um, let me say, you know, Lauren, Lauren is, is not the infallible word of the Lord. L Lauren is, is just the guy that God chose to, to catalyze this movement that God wanted to do. But often when Lauren has really something really on his heart, we just need to pay attention. You know, it, it, it's not always going to be exactly the right thing, but, but boy, many of the times that we've felt, well, what does that mean? It turns out to be one of these signpost words. So what, what did he say? Well, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of hosting or I don't know, comparing that that event, and and he said, if we don't make the changes tonight, we will not make it. Huh. That tonight, you know, we're already in the last meeting. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked to anybody about any of the changes specifically. Even we've been talking about it generally. But we haven't reached consensus or anything. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are times when the word of the Lord just cuts right through consensus. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know God has spoken. And that was one of those nights. Yeah, so that was three years ago. Um, and so yeah. we've become quite aware that ever since then, like in different parts of YWAM, 
like uh, there have been questions arising. Yeah. And recently we've yeah. now have yeah some of our leaders write you with some of these questions. Yeah. So actually, one of our European leaders um, has this concern that in in the West, in our postmodern context, um, he's observed that young people tend to desire flat leadership, yeah. um, consulting together, deciding on things democratically, um, but they're not aspiring to leadership and they're unwilling to take on responsibility. Yeah. That's what he's observed. And also our language for deconstructing traditional leadership feeds into this phenomenon. You know, yeah. so people tend to think yeah. that flat leadership or, or, or no leadership is, is better. Yeah. He's kind of concerned this is like an attack on biblical leadership. W would you say this is true? How would you address this? Yeah. I, there have been people who've come and, and done teachings in different parts of the church about deconstructing the church. And oftentimes the result has been just disintegration. Uh -huh. So we're not about that. But you understand in an environment where, where leadership has been abused... Where, where parental authority has been confused and sometimes absent or abusive or, or so, sometimes uh, people have experienced real pain at the hands of familial leadership or educational leadership or, or organizational leadership. Yeah, they don't want leadership. They don't want to be one and they don't want anybody over them. I understand that. But you know, servant-hearted leadership, what Jesus demonstrated, mm -hmm. who laid down his life. Yeah. For his people. I mean, who, who refuses that? Who refuses somebody who, who loves you and who will die for you and who has your best at heart? And that's, that's the biblical model of leadership. Jesus was just a lot more radical about leadership than we think. And I think, you know, we've talked about this enough. We'll probably have to go into another session to talk about it a, a little farther. But, but this... Servant-hearted leadership, this sacrificial leadership, this loving, familial, in the best sense of the word, leadership uh, is something that nobody would refuse. But we haven't seen enough of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what God is calling us to. And the word about eldership and changing the structures is about moving away from executive-style leadership, directive stuff, mm -hmm. into loving, caring, servant-hearted, lay-down-your-life leadership. And you know, if, if you're in leadership in, in some way, but, but you're not really sure you're called to that laying down your life and loving people unconditionally, then um, pray for breakthrough, heart breakthrough, because that's what this generation needs, is this loving, sacrificial, servant-hearted leadership.